now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I come before you and I just give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And Lord, I pray right now that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, but be of everything of heaven and the spirit. Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, I ask you just to come into this place. Holy Spirit, my friend, be loosed on the people. Give them wisdom. Give them divine wisdom, divine revelation. I pray, Lord, that you will prepare their hearts to be fertile ground, that it that this word will fall on good ground, and that it will produce much fruit in their lives so that they will lack nothing in their destiny. Lord, I pray right now that you will just continue to do what only you can do this day. It's in Yeshua's mighty name I do pray, while the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, Baruch Atah Adonai Ha'el HaKadosh, and my prayer partners and friends said with me in agreement, amen, amen, and amen. All right, so let's go to Jonah, Jonah chapter 1, okay? And I'm going to start a little bit with verse 1, okay? So here we have Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. And let me give you a little understanding of Jonah. Jonah is, and I want people to understand this, Jonah is a prophet, okay? And the Lord is um, talking to Jonah about saving a town called Nineveh or saving a city called Nineveh. And Nineveh was very wicked in the eyes of the Lord. They were, um, and they were enemies of Israel. They were, you know, they were part of the Assyrian empire. And so these guys are not really Israel's friend here. And so here we see that this is very interesting that God is coming to a prophet to save a city or save, you know, a city that is not Israel. So here, look at this. The word of Adonai came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, let me tell you something. Anytime, remember what I've always taught you, when you see the word of the Lord came, that is Yeshua, okay? And this is confirmed in John. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So here, the word of Adonai came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. So Yeshua is coming to Jonah to talk to him about saving Nineveh. Now, look at this. Set out for the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it that their wickedness has come to my attention. But Jonah, in order to get away from Adonai, prepared to escape to Tarshish. He went down to Jaffa, found a ship, headed for Tarshish, paid the fare, and went aboard, intending to travel with them to Tarshish and get away from Adonai. Now, this is very crucial. I want you to pay attention to this. So, Jonah basically gets a command from the Lord, and Jonah says no. Jonah says, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to Nineveh, and he basically runs away. It says he runs away from Adonai. He runs away from from his presence. So that means literally he's running away from Yeshua. Now, let me tell you, a lot of people are wondering why is Jonah running away from God? Why is he running away from Yeshua? And the reason why is because, and I want you to understand this, Jonah 
the theme of Jonah that you're going to see is that he has an offen- offensive heart, which means he, he can be offended, and he has a very selfish heart, okay? So here, Jonah is running away because he has an offense against Nineveh. He doesn't like Nineveh. He doesn't want to save Nineveh. He doesn't want to proclaim the gospel. And so he he's basically running away from the Lord because of offense. This is key for all those who are listening here. I want you to understand this. The spirit of offense is so powerful that it will even have you disobey Yeshua, even if he appears to you face to face. That's how powerful the spirit of offense is. In fact, if you don't believe me, look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, here he is, the Lamb of God, the one who comes to save and redeems the world. And then a couple of chapters later, he's asking his disciples, go ask Yeshua for me. Is he the Messiah or should we wait for another? Because he got offended. I'm telling you, this is, this is what offense does. Offense will corrupt your heart and it will harden your heart to the point where you become rebellious or disobedient to God. And it's not even offense with God. I've seen some people, they get offended with God over something. But you know what? It's not even just offended with God. It's offense in general. See here, Jonah is not offended with God. He's offended with Nineveh. But that still led him to be disobedient to God. So I hope you're understanding that. Now let's continue. However, I love this. However, Adonai let loose over the sea a violent wind which created such stormy conditions that the ship threatened to break to pieces. Now that is powerful because here now we're seeing a a symbol or a representation of the Holy Spirit. So we see Yeshua, now we're seeing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is wind. In fact, the Holy Spirit Jewish translation, Ruach HaKadosh, literally means that um, it means um, like wind or breath. Okay, that's literally what that means. Holy wind or holy breath. Now, now I want you all to understand this because this is very powerful. Um, because here we see that the Lord sends a wind um, over the sea and causes a great storm. Now this, I want you to pay attention because normally when you're in a boat, you know, wind is seen as a good thing, right? Wind helps you reach your destination. It helps you reach the place of where you need to go. Well, in this case, now the wind is in opposition. So I want to tell everybody and encourage you, learn this, that not every sign of opposition is from the devil. <laughs> I hope you are understanding this because sometimes we go the wrong way because we don't ask God, we don't we don't inquire of God. Sometimes we even run away from our destiny with God. And so what God has to do is send a mighty wind against us to say you're going the wrong way. You need to come back. I hope you are understanding this. So there are times where we are in opposition, where the opposition is not the devil. It is God because God is saying, you're going the wrong way. I need you to turn around. I need you to come back. 
I hope you are learning something. And I'm going to move forward a little bit. So yes, what happens is they get frightened and everyone starts talking about, well, hold on, who, you know, who's the cause of this? They start going to other people and start saying, start asking your gods, like which one of you made your God mad to cause this? Okay. Now here I see God is showing something very powerful. So basically the captain wakes up Jonah and tells him, come on, like we're trying to figure this out. How can you sleep? We're about to die. And literally they They um, pull lots to see which one of them was the one responsible. And it all fingers points to Jonah. And so they're asking him, who are you? What God you serve? And etc. And he introduces himself as a Hebrew, as you will see. And he says that he fears Adonai, the God of heaven, who made both the sea and the dry land. And now they're like, well, what did you do? Or how do we appease your God to stop this? And he said, just throw me overboard. If you throw me overboard, then you all will be safe. And so here, why is this key? Now, I did a little research. Did you know in the, in, in the Middle East, around the, um, in that, especially in ancient Middle East, one way to determine if somebody's God was the real God was to see how they had dominion over the sea. (laughs) What did Yeshua do when he was in the boat with his disciples and there was a storm? He said, peace be still. And all the, his disciples says, who is this that he commands even the, even the seas and they become still. And that is to show again that Yeshua was God. And so here we see many, many years before that, we see a test to see who is the real God. And so they they don't want to throw Jonah overboard. They don't want to do it because they don't want to be responsible for a man's death. So they try to keep going. And what's amazing is that, you know, basically... <laughs> they they have no choice because things aren't getting better. And in fact, the opposition looks like it's getting worse. Let me tell you how powerful God's word is. God, when God says something or when God commands something, it is so powerful that even the sinners or the people who don't even believe the word of God have to obey it. <laughs> See, God's word is not only for the disciples, us believers, it is not even just for all, for creation, for the birds, the wind, the trees. It's not just for that. It's for even the sinners. Because when God speaks something, it is settled. Nothing can change it. So what has God spoken over you? What situations has come into your life that makes you think that God's word has suddenly now changed? <laughs> I'm talking to somebody today mm. because I want you to understand this mm. is that nothing can change God's word. Nothing. Hallelujah. Okay. So I want you to see this. Even the men that don't even believe they have to obey God's word it's because Jonah is speaking God's word. He's saying, look, if you throw me overboard, you'll be fine. So here mm. it is. 
they finally give up. They finally said, fine, we're going to throw you overboard. And they actually pray <laughs> to Adonai. They pray to God. And they say, please do not hold this against us. You know, they basically said, if we throw him overboard, please don't be angry with us later. You see? So here it is. They're like, they throw him overboard. And then as soon as they throw him overboard, they see that the wind stopped. They see that everything goes back to normal. Again, God showing he is God. So much so that these people are deciding that they are going to give sacrifices to Adonai and they're going to make vows. That doesn't mean that they're suddenly going to become Christians or they're suddenly going to practice Judaism. But what it means is that they acknowledge that God is God. See, the problem that I see with people have is that, yeah, you know God as your father, but you don't know God as God. The the scripture says, if I be a father, where is my honor? If I be Lord, where is my fear? See, these men don't know God as father, but they do know him as Lord. And they're giving him the proper fear and reverence that he deserves. Wow. And so sometimes I believe the believers, yeah, we call him a good, good father. Yes, we love that relationship aspect, but you don't give him enough honor or reverence as God. Mm. For he is God all by himself. So I hope you are all understanding this. Now here is where we go into deep revelation. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Come on now. I need yeah. to see some people. I need to see some activity. Are you guys excited? Hallelujah. Come on. So here we're going to go to Jonah chapter 2 real quick. Okay. Look at this. <laughs> and it says what? Adonai prepared a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. What does it say? It says Adonai prepared, which means that there was not one thing that happened in Jonah's life, even the opposition that Adonai or God was not in the midst of. Even though he had to be thrown overboard, God had a fish ready to come and consume him, to hold him for three days and for three nights. I'm telling you, there is not one thing that is going on in your life that if you gave your life to Yeshua, Yeshua is in every aspect of your life, if you will ask him to. But even if you don't ask him, he's still going to be hands on. Why? Because he loves you. Isn't that amazing? He said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. And his name shall be Emmanuel or God with us. His name literally means God with us, Emmanuel. He is with us and he will never leave you. And so here we see even with Jonah and Jonah is not holy. Jonah is far from holy. He's not even in the right with God, but God still has a plan. Why? Because what God has placed inside Jonah is so valuable, he will not let it go so easily. What God has placed inside of you is so valuable, he's not going to let you go so easily. You are valuable to God. And what God has placed in you is valuable. And the thing is, for Jonah, this is something I also, I want you to write this down if you can. Your decisions have consequences, good or bad. See, you think your decisions only affect you. God is so powerful that 
your disobedience or your in a, or inability or ineffectiveness to do what he says can affect not only you, it can affect your family. It can affect your church. It can affect even an entire generation. God, what God has placed in you might be used to impact or save an entire generation. You don't know what God has mm. planned for you. Amen. And I tell you the truth. You cannot take what God has given you so lightly. Because God doesn't. Even if you're in the wrong and you're disobedient, even if you're running away from God, God is not going to give up on you because you're valuable. Let me move on. Oh, I hope you all learned something. So it says here that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for how long? Three days and three nights. And from the belly of the fish, Jonah prayed to Adonai, his God. Now, look at this. Out of my distress, I called to Adonai and he answered me. For the belly of Sheol, I cried and you heard my voice. Now, let me tell you something. This is very powerful. He says, out of my distress, I called to Adonai and he answered me. Right here, he's still in the belly of the whale. So how is he saying, and he answered me? Because this is a secret of prayer. If you want to know this secret, pay attention. This prayer right here is that he's praying, but he's already believing that God has already answered him. He said, I cried out to God. He answered me. You see, because that's the way Yeshua even taught his disciples. When you pray, believe you have received it. You see, believe you have received it. Don't just praise God when you get it. Praise God as if you already got it. That's the key. So he's praying for God. And then he's saying, thank you for hearing me. He already knows. Now, here, this is very important. This prayer is prophetic in nature. Here we're seeing a glimpse of the of Yeshua and what Yeshua is going to go through. Preacher, what are you talking about? Go with me to Matthew chapter 12. We're going to go into the New Testament for a little bit. Matthew chapter 12. Okay? And I'm going to start at 39 and 40. Okay? Verse 39 and 40. Pay attention. Now, this is Yeshua talking to the Jews because they wanted to see another miracle, another sign, another wonder. And he's performing miracles left and right. But they want to see another one. So they became fans of Yeshua, not followers. Do not become a fan of God. Become a follower. Don't just like him for the things that he can do. Follow him because you love him. Mm-hmm. Now pay attention. Amen. And it says here, 39, he replied, a wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign. No, none will be given it given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the depths of the earth. In the depths of the earth. Now, again, I'm doing a little plug here. If you go to my podcast, ABC of Faith, you will hear and see that um, one of the podcasts um, is my trip to hell. And I tell you 
that hell is in the center of the earth. So he's literally telling his disciples or telling the people that he is going into hell for three days and three nights. Now, let me let me let me tell you something. What was he doing in those three days that he was in hell? The same thing Jonah was doing. He was praying to the father. He was praying. He was interceding for you and for me during that time. Oh, isn't that wonderful? So here, Jonah, this is this prayer. This part of the prayer is prophetic because this is the same prayer Yeshua is going to pray later when he's in hell. (laughs) Out of my distress, I called to Adonai and he answered me from the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice. Do you see that? So again, he's giving them on. Now, look at this. For you threw me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood enveloped me. Now it's Jonah praying. Now this is Jonah. Okay? And into the heart of the seas, and the flood enveloped me. All your surging waves passed over me. I thought I have been banished from your sight. But I will again look at your holy temple. Now again, Jonah is a prophet. And I believe in... in, It's not just my opinion, but just going off of the word. He says, holy temple. I believe he's seeing in the spirit now. I believe that now he's seeing God's holiness. He's having a vision of his holy temple, his holy presence again. And so what he's doing now, he's running back to God's presence. He's running back to his assignment. He's running back to his call. And I want you to know something. I don't care how far. I don't care where you have gone. I don't care how far you run. If you turn back and you look to God's holy temple. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. If you look to God's holy temple, he will give you back your assignment. He will give you back your destiny. He will redeem even the time that you lost. And I'll prove it to you with Jonah right here. And here it is. He's saying, I'm looking and and he's having a vision of God's holy temple. He's saying, I am looking. I'm coming back, God. That's what he's saying. I'm coming back. And I believe God wants some of you to say, I'm coming back, God. I'm coming back to my assignment. I'm coming back to my call. I'm coming back. I'm going, even the Lord said it, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Seek first what? Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Go back to God. Seek first the kingdom. Go back. And you will see that you didn't lose anything. All those things God was just waiting for you. He had it, he had it waiting for you. He was waiting for you to come back. Isn't our God wonderful? Tell me what other God in any religion offers to do this or is even capable of doing this. Well, Jonah messed up royally and he said, I'm banished. And here you will see later that God said, you were never banished. You Mm. ran from me, remember? Mm. (laughs) That's what I feel God is saying. God has not, he has not run from you, but it is you who has run away from him. But come on back. He is right there waiting for you. I could just feel the presence of Yeshua right now. His love and his mercy is just coming to you right now. Saying, just come back to me. Mm. 
He loves you so much. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to receive that this day. Amen. And so here it is. He's praying. And what I love is go go down further down into the prayer, um, chapter two. Um, go to nine, verse nine, nine to ten. Okay, watch this. Those who worship vain idols give up their source of mercy. But I, speaking my thanks aloud, will sacrifice to you. What is our sacrifice to God? Our life. Our everyday life should be a sacrifice to God. Mm -hmm. Every day when you wake up, say, Lord, I give my life as a sacrifice. Look at this. I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation comes from Adonai. Do you see that? He's saying, only God can save me. Only God has the authority and power to save me. Look at what then God does. Then Adonai spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. So again, we see God is in the midst of it. He speaks to the fish to swallow Jonah and he speaks to the fish to let him out. Let me tell you something. What is it that God does many years later? When Yeshua is in hell, what does he do? He speaks. Mm. He speaks to the grave. He says, come out, Yeshua. Let me tell you something. The one thing that the Jews have mastered, that we as the Gentiles have not, is that situations may change, but God does not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even David mastered that. David said, the same God, who helped me beat the lion, the same God who helped me kill the bear will help me kill this giant too. He is the same. So different situation, same God. His word has power. Whether he's speaking to a fish, whether he's speaking to a grave, his word has power. We as believers, you must accept that your situation may change, but your God will not change. Keep coming to him. Keep believing in him. And watch what God does. Mm -hmm. I believe God is going to release some miracles today. But let me... uh, Who here is receiving something? Are you all learning something? Are you guys done? Or do you guys want some more? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Because we're not done yet. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Are you guys ready? Pay attention. Now we're in Jonah chapter 3. Pay attention. Look at this. So it says, The word of Adonai came to Jonah a second time. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. The Lord comes again to Jonah and says, All right, I heard your prayer, and I'm right here waiting for you, and I'm going to give you your charge again. He says, Set out for the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I will give you. Mm. So Jonah went out and went to Nineveh as Adonai had said. Now Nineveh was such a large city that it took three days just to cross it. What does that mean? It takes three days to get to Jonah. But do you see what happens when you come back to God's call? Look at what it, what does it say here? 
Jonah began his entry into the city and had finished only his first day of proclaiming. Look at this. Do you not see the wording of the scripture? It says it takes three days to get to Nineveh. Nineveh he got to Nineveh in a day. <laughs> because he, God gave him that supernatural speed in order to make a three days journey one day. And he started proclaiming in the very first day. Come on now. That's powerful. And I know I'm talking about some craziness here. What do you mean supernatural speed? Well, go all the way back to um, second, first Kings. When Elijah is able to beat a chariot to a city. That's supernatural speed. Even Yeshua operated in supernatural speed. I'm telling you, God is speeding up. Even though Jonah was delayed for a while, he's now speeding him back up. Because he what? Came back to him. Oh, come on now. Who is getting this revelation? Holy Spirit, please give them more revelation. Amen. Give them more revelation. So he makes a three-day journey in a day and starts proclaiming. Look at this. In 40 days... Nineveh will be overthrown. What is he talking about? Nineveh was on such bad terms with God. God uses the same wording that he uses with Sodom and Gomorrah. And we all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs) God is saying, you guys are on that very same level. Look at this. When the people of Nineveh believed God, why did they believe God? Because they heard God. Of what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. They heard what happened. To when God gave a word. And the people didn't listen. They learned their lesson. And here it is. What did they do? They proclaimed a fast. And put on sackcloth. He got up from his throne. And is talking about the king. From the greatest of them to the least. When the news reached the king of Nineveh. He got up from his throne took off his robe, put on sackcloth, and sat in ashes. He then had this proclamation made throughout Nineveh. By decree of the king and his nobles, no person or animal, herd or flock, is to put anything in his mouth. They are neither to eat nor drink water. Here it is. They are repenting. They are fasting. They receive a word from the Lord. Now they are repenting. They're asking God for forgiveness. Are you learning something? Here it is. And what does it say? Read on to 10. When God saw by their deeds that they had turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the punishment he had threatened. So here it is. Jonah gives a word. Nineveh receives the word. Nineveh then acts on the word. Then God carries the word. Oh, come on now. Do you not see how God functions here so God gives the word then the people what received the word then they didn't just receive it they acted on it they 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 put in action because again faith without works is what dead so so now they hear the word they receive it now they put in action they're repenting they're doing something and then because they on the word, God then what? Fulfilled his word. That he would save them and that he would protect them. Mm. But now we're about to learn something very interesting. Pay attention because this is the whole 
main thing that God wants me to get across with Jonah. Look at this. Jonah chapter 4. Did you see this? But this was very displeasing to Jonah and he became angry. Do you see that? He's upset that that these people are having a revival and, 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 and that they're that they're going to God. Look at this. He prayed to Adonai. Now Adonai, didn't I say this what happened? When I was still in my own country, that's why I tried to get away to Tarshish ahead of time. I knew you were a God who was merciful and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in grace, and that you relent from inflicting punishment. Therefore, Adonai, please take my life away from me. It's better for me to be dead than alive. Do you see how offended he is? This is a prophet. But his heart isn't right. See, just because you work for God doesn't mean that you have the same heart as God. Oh, I hope you caught that. He's a, he is a prophet, but he does not have God's heart. Yeshua even talks to his disciples later about this, saying, you might have the office title, but you do not have my heart. Mm. Jonah is offended. He is selfish. He's angry. He said, God, this is why I ran from you, because I knew you would save Nineveh. I knew you could save Nineveh, and I knew you would. He didn't want Nineveh to be saved. He wanted Nineveh to be destroyed because of why? His offense. In fact, he's so petty He's because he's seeing the people getting saved and, 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 and that they're relieved that God isn't going to destroy them, that they turn in from their wicked ways. That now he's so petty, he's saying, God, just go ahead and kill me. I'd rather die than watch this. Do you have any idea how wicked that is? And so I want to encourage some people today. You might have an offended heart. You might have a selfish heart. But that doesn't mean God is going to change his mind about you. Because Jonah is the perfect example. If God didn't fire Jonah, I think you're in good condition. (laughs) Glory to God. God still used Jonah to fulfill his purpose. Even though he had an offended heart, a selfish heart, he was far from holy. And that's why I tell people being used by God, it is a great honor But don't settle for that because God can use anything. Amen. God can use anything or anyone. He uses the devil all the time. That doesn't mean he has a relationship with him. Uh, I'm talking to some church mice today. Y'all ain't ready for today. Now look at this. Adonai asked him, is it right for you to be so angry? God literally asked him, like, do you have the right to be angry? Mm. What are you angry about? God was addressing his heart. He was trying to get to his heart. He was like, are you really that petty? Are you really that offended? Look at this. Jonah left the city and found a place east of the city where he made himself a shelter and sat down under it in its shade to see what would happen to the city. 
Now look at this. Adonai God prepared a castor bean plant and made it grow up over Jonah to shade his head and relieve his discomfort. So now God takes a plant, accelerates his growth to the point where now it's shade over him. Now Jonah is relaxing. He's like, okay, good. And I'm about to show you how selfish he is in in a minute. So Jonah was delighted with a castor bean plant. Look at this. But at dawn the next day, God prepared a worm when attacked the castor bean plant so that it dried up. So he sent an insect or a worm to come in and basically kill the plant. Then look at what God does. Then when the sun rose, God prepared a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so hard that he grew faint and begged that he could die, saying, I will be better off dead than alive. So then God removes the plant, sends another wind. Do you see that God is in the midst of everything? He sends another wind. It's at this time, this wind doesn't cause a storm. It causes heat. It causes a scorching heat that comes upon him. And then what happens is he's like, I'm better off dead. Has anyone been there where it's been so hot outside that you're just like, Lord, just take me now? Anybody been there? I know Virginia has had days like that where you get in that car and and that heat hits you. And then you got to sit in there for a minute because it takes a while for the air conditioner to get on. Come on now. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And your car is as hot as an oven. And then even when you roll down the window, it's still hot outside. And you're just like, Lord, just take me now. Anybody been there? No, just me. Okay, well, I'm by myself then. (laughs) Come on now. But you see what I'm talking about. He's saying right here, it's better off for me to be dead. He was like, because, and again, God is making him uncomfortable. Because God, let me tell you something. He opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So again, Mm. your opposition is not all from the devil. Mm. Your opposition may be from God. And it may be God trying to get your attention about something. Mm. In this case, for Jonah, he's trying to get him to see the condition of his heart. Mm. In fact, if you pay attention in the scriptures, Yeshua is called the rock of offense. If you don't know what that means, what that means is that Yeshua will literally offend you to show what's wrong with you. He will offend you to show what's wrong with your heart. Mm. What is it that he did with the Pharisees and Sadducees? He offended them. Why? To show this is what's wrong with your heart. Whoa. Hallelujah. So maybe God has offended you, but maybe God didn't offend you to hurt you. Maybe God offended you to show, Mm. you see how far your heart is from me? That's good. Do you see how far your heart is from mine? Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Do you see how selfish you are? Do you see how arrogant you are? Do you see how easily you get as soon as, see, when everything's good, you will give me praise. But as soon as something goes bad, you forget all about me. Wow. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. I know I'm talking to somebody. I'm almost done. I promise. Are you there? So God asked Jonah. I love this. God is now talking to Jonah. Is it right for you to be so angry about the castor bean plant? He answered, yes, it's right for me to be so angry. 
that I could die. So now he's turned around and said, yes, God, I have a right to be angry. I almost died. (laughs) Adonai said, look at this. I love this. The Lord is a savage. You're concerned over the castor bean plant, which cost you no effort. You didn't make it grow. It came up in the night and perished in the night. He said, first off, what you upset for? Ain't like you caused the plant to grow. Ain't like you worked all your life to cause that thing to grow. I made it grow. I made it happen. And yet you upset because it's an inconvenience to you. That's what God was getting at with Jonah. God said, the reason why you're upset is because the castor bean plant was a benefit to you. But as soon as it became an inconvenience, you got upset. Come on now. But you forgot I was the one that made it grow in the first place. Come on, somebody. You forgot I was the one who made it grow. I'm the one who who used it. Now look at this. Are you there? Verse 11. I'm going to show you something. So shouldn't I be concerned about the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who don't know their right hand from their left hand, not Mm. to mention all the animals. So then he said, you care more about the plant than you Mm. do for the people. And here we see Yeshua's heart. God's plan is always to save his people. See, I hear a lot of people, they want revival, they want God's presence, they want to have church services, but do you want to reach the people? That's that's my question. Is your heart for God's people? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody. I know I'm talking to mm. somebody. Look at this. Hallelujah. God is trying to show Jonah, your heart is far from mine. Mm-hmm. You may be a prophet, but you don't understand my heart. Mm. You only care about things that benefit you or that of your mm-hmm. convenience. Mm-hmm. But the Lord is showing my desire is to save 120,000 people. I didn't want to destroy those people. I wanted to save them because why? He created them. He created the animals too. He's like, I can't just kill the people and the animals. I create the animals too. Those animals I created the people to take care of the animals. And I created the animals to take care of the people. Y'all missed that. (laughs) He said, I can't do that. My heart is to save them. But are you so offended? Are you so angry that you miss my heart? Mm. And now I'm going to share with you a divine revelation that the Lord Yeshua showed me personally. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for this? Come on now. I need to see some hungry people. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Watch this, okay? This is from Yeshua. Yeshua showed me in the scripture as I continue to read this. He said, Simba, do you see my father anywhere in here? Mm. And I began to read and and I noticed I saw Yeshua. I saw the Holy Spirit. I didn't see the father. And I asked the Lord, I said, no, Lord, I don't see the Father in the midst of this. 
All of this is you. Yes, Adonai, it's talking about using his power, but it's still Yeshua. And so I was like, but Lord, Mm. why isn't the father involved in this? And this is what the Lord told me. He said, because the father only works with maturity. Mm. And in the father's eyes, Jonah was a spoiled brat (laughs) and he was wicked. His heart was wicked. Even though I'm sure Jonah repented, I'm sure Jonah's in heaven right now. But what I'm talking about is in this, in that immaturity state, he was wicked. He was immature. Why do you think Jonah isn't getting the same experience Ezekiel had, Isaiah had, Jeremiah had, Daniel had? Come on now. Are you mm-hmm. hearing this here? Because the father only deals with maturity. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. And so if you want to work with the father, your heart has got to be right. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, and I want people to understand this of God. See, the father had no problem with Jonah working with the Holy Spirit or with Yeshua. Because even if you're immature, God will still let you work with Yeshua. He'll let you work with the Holy Spirit. But if you want to work with the top one, the most high, you your heart has to be right. You have to be mature. You have to be conditioned for yeah. that. Because the father doesn't deal with that. Doesn't deal with immaturity. Doesn't deal with that. I hope you are understanding this. Mm-hmm. Because, and I know some people say, well, I have Yeshua, I have God the Father too. No, you don't, flesh creature. You have the door. You have the door to the Father, but you don't have access to the room yet. Mm. Come on, somebody. I hope you understand this. You, If you want to work with God the Father himself, which should be all of our goals, is to, is to, is to be with, to be able to work with God the Father. That's what Ezekiel had. Why do you think Jonah performs no miracles? All he does is bring revival. Y'all missed that. Come on, somebody. Mm. He has no miracles in his resume. Isaiah sees God the Father on the throne. <coughs> Come on, somebody. Mm. Jonah doesn't have any of that. All he has is a word. I'm talking mm. to some people right now. Because mm. some of some people in the church, you've mm. only settled for working with or for Yeshua. But you must go the step higher because you will not have access to God's power if you do not understand God's heart. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yep. Understand God's heart. Hallelujah. You must understand that. And here it is. We see Yeshua's heart right here. This is Yeshua all the way. He's saying, I came to save my people, not to destroy them. That was his goal. And Jonah couldn't understand that. And he was a prophet. So your titles, I don't care if you're a pastor, don't care if you're a prophet, apostle, don't care what you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a regular church body, meaning that you just go to church regular and you just have your own seat. Listen to me. I want mm-hmm. you to understand this because this is what the Lord wants you to understand. I don't care what your title is. Mm. I don't care what office you possess. I don't care what it is. If your heart is far from God, mm. that is not okay. That is not right. Mm. 
you must ask the Lord to make your heart like his, to become in line with his heart. And it, and it shouldn't be for status. It shouldn't be for power. It shouldn't be for authority. It should be because you love him so much. When I read this, my heart became so convicted. I said, Lord, please don't ever let my heart be like Jonah's. Please don't ever let my heart be far away from you. Please let my heart be like your heart. And that's what I feel God wants me to pray, is that you have his heart, that your heart becomes aligned with his heart, because that is the only way that you will receive the fullness of what God has for you. Come on now. Are you receiving this here? So I'm about to wrap this up, but the one thing I really want to say before I start praying, before I close this, is that I want you to look at me and I want you to understand this, is that right here, we see that you can work for Yeshua in the church and whatever, but your heart has got to be right. Mm -hmm. God will give you a word. God will give you. He'll still let you use your anointing. That's no. That, that's not a big deal. Because he called whatever you were going to be when you were in your mother's womb. When you were still shaping in, in iniquity. That's why he still used Jonah. Jonah was still a prophet even though his heart was wicked at that time. But how many of you know that God's plan and purpose is far beyond anything that mm. we can ever think or even imagine. Mm. Mm. That's why mm. you need to come to him. Hallelujah. That's why you have to accept yes. him. That's why you have to acknowledge him. That's why you have to accept the call of the kingdom. The kingdom call that he has placed on your life. You have to. And the only one who can give you your kingdom call is Yeshua. And I want all those right now at the sound of my voice. I'm about to wrap this up. But I want I want to give a chance for people. If you have not accepted Yeshua and you want to accept him this day, just repeat this after me. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, Jesus. right now I come before you. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. To forgive me of all unrighteousness. To forgive me of all unrighteousness. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe that you came to the earth. That you came to the earth. That you died on the cross. That you died on the cross for my sins. For my sins. And that you rose. And that you rose on the third day. On the third day. With all power. With all power. In your hands. In your hands. To be and that you are now. And that you are now seated at the right hand. Of the Father, of the Father, to be an intercessor for me. To be an intercessor for me. I accept you. I accept you. I believe in you. I believe in you. This day. This day. To be. To be. My Lord. My Lord and Savior. And Savior, right now. Glory, hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to wash me in your blood. I ask you, Lord, to wash me in your blood. And thank you. For saving me this day. For saving me this day. Hallelujah. It is in your name I pray. Amen. If you said that beautiful Hallelujah. prayer. Welcome to the family of God. 
Now I'm going to pray for all of you right now, and then we're going to close. So right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, for your presence being here right now. I thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, and for your grace. I thank you, Lord, for just being who you are. And so right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for all those who are listening to me right now, for all those who are tuning in right now. And I pray, Lord, right now, I release the kingdom of God right now into their lives. I release the kingdom of God right now into their hearts and into their minds and into their bodies right now. In the name of Yeshua, I decree and declare as a king right now, I release the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I release the resurrection power and resurrection glory into their lives. I command all works of the devil to be canceled and dismantled right now in the name of Yeshua. I command right now in the name of Yeshua, I command all things that are out of order to come back in order right now, right now, by your mercy, by your power and by your grace. Thank you, wonderful master. I pray right now that miracles will be released right now, that you will open the gates of heaven and that you will release miracles, that you will release whatever it is that the people need. And right now, Lord, I pray that you will touch the people's hearts right now. Mm. And Lord, I pray for any of those who are offended, for any Mm. of those who have (laughs) selfish hearts, anyone who has a heart like Jonah, anybody who is running from God right now. I pray, Lord, that you will just fill them with your love right now. I pray right now for all those who are listening that the fire of God fall on all those right now that the holy fire of God falls on all those right now and consumes you right now and consumes your heart right now thank you wonderful master I plead the blood of Yeshua over you from the crown of your heads to the soles of your feet right now amen and I pray right now Lord I pray that your light right now your light will just begin to fill them right now that that it just overfloods them right now by the power of the holy spirit and i thank you wonderful master for doing so right now receive that right now receive that right now i pray right now father as we're about to wrap this up i pray right now lord that you will go with them Mm. that you will just continue Mm. to speak to them that you will just show them and continue to manifest yourself in them through them and around them yeah. and show Lord how much you love them. Yes, Lord. That's my prayer right now, Lord. Manifest and show your love right now to your people. Mm. Ha, wonderful master. Thank you, my friend. Mm-hmm. It's in Yeshua's mighty name I do pray while the presence of the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Baruch Atah Adonai Ha'el Hakadosh, for thine is the kingdom power and glory forever and ever and my prayer partners and friends said with me because they believe and received it said amen amen amen, and amen